Hello everyone, so I thought about another subject that most people would not equate with with an other subject. What I mean is, most people don't equate fascism, authoritarianism, dictatorship, totalitarianism, and Orwellian to sex. But as a person who is recovering and recuperating from compound sexual assault and and multiple perpetrator assault, gang rape, if you will, I had to recognize that you can infuse fascism, dictatorship, authoritarianism, totalitarianism, and Orwellian to sex. That's how you get sex crimes. That's how you get sexual violence, sexual bullying, sexual harassment, um, sexual assault, uh, sexual molestation, pedophilia, rape. And sexual abuse. And that's also how you get sexual narcissism, sexual sociopathy, sexual psychopathy, and sexual psychopathy, too. That's how you c- can infuse personality disorders into sex. That's how you can infuse anxiety disorders into sex. That's how you can infuse mood disorders into sex. That's how you can infuse eating disorders into sex. That's how you can infuse that's how you can infuse substance use disorder into sex. That's how you can infuse alcohol use disorder into sex. That's how you can infuse um psychosis into sex. That's how you can infuse mental illness and Nervous breakdowns into sex. These are all of my forced child lived experiences. So I'm going to start with sexual authoritarianism. Sexual hatred. The central, the central sexual truth about a sexual authoritarian is that They are coming from a sexual place of sexual hatred. I'll make up an example. I have seen... This is a real-life example, actually. I'm going to catcall women. They ignore me. Maybe curse me out. Maybe give me the middle finger. And they profanely tell me where to stick it. So, I run up on the woman try my best to have my way with her. And as I begin copping feels, 
and starting to hit her. A five-year-old comes out of nowhere and bloodily beats down to a pulp. The guy who was striking her and trying his best to penetrate her while he was copping fields. The woman beats up the man with the child. The woman and the child express relentless gratitude and relentless appreciation of each other. The child and woman hug each other. The child disguises his voice after he kindly requests to take the woman's cell phone that luckily was not damaged throughout the whole forced ordeal. The child takes the phone, disguises his voice. They assumed I they assumed that the boy was the woman, but it was actually the boy disguising his voice and still being the boy. But the boy was happy that they thought it was the woman instead of the boy talking. The police come. The police lock up the man. The woman luckily had other witnesses who vouch for the woman. And they even asked me. Now you know who the boy is. About what happened. And I said a little bit of what I knew. But my evidence of being a witness, along with the other witnesses that were mostly women, a few were men. Nobody told on me regarding why the man was bleeding. All the witnesses said the woman stood up for herself and the witnesses said they helped out. Some did. The others were trying their best to call the police even though they were shaking with fear. That's why I took it upon myself to call the police because when people are nervous, their mind goes through. And some did help um, by keeping the guy from her. But no one talked about the fact that I beat up the man. So the man ends up serving years in jail because it found out that he was a multiple sex offender. That means he's gotten prosecuted for it before and was apprehended for it before. So because he's a repeat offender, he's never been out of prison. He offended that much. And me and the women ended up, women ended up being friends because out of all the witnesses, she didn't want to be friends with any of the witnesses but me because I was the one who was the quickest and having the police and the man 
um, not be issues for her. And I was the quickest make sure the police took care of the man for her. And we would talk sometimes. We would eat together sometimes. I'd go to her house and we would just be in her home just chilling sometimes. She gave me a key to the house. That's a real life story of mine that wasn't made up at all. So, many people who are not people at all, they're sexual monsters. They sexually hate just about everyone sexually and everything sexually. Their sexual hatred is the same as their sexual anger, their sexual resentment, and even their sexual rage. It's more than just a catastrophic sexual emotion, really, but a sexual position, a sexual attitude towards life sexually. Sexually anything and sexually everyone could be sexually hated, including in the depraved sexual minds of sexual psychos. Things, people, places, um, environments, events, sexually speaking, that they claim to sexually adore and sexually admire just a second sexual before. You could sexually fall from sexual grace in a sexual split second because they are so sexually ready to sexually hate. It's exactly sexual hatred is always sexually right there on the sexual tip of their sexual tongue. Sexual hands and sexual feet as well. And then you have Sexual punishment and sexual cruelty. I'm not talking about consensual BDSM. Because they are full of sexual hatred, sexual authoritarians need to sexually punish others in their sexually psychotic brains. They are sexually likely to... um, sexually advocate for... Lust murder, which is basically the illegal form of sexual capital punishment. I sleep with you and then I kill you if we consented. Or I rape you and then I kill you if there was no mutual consent. Because in their... um, In their sexual mindlessness, sexual heartlessness, and sexual soullessness, they love to sexually advocate for sexual harsh punishments for all of those that they deem to be sexual offenders against them. And to sexually angle for sexual punishment obliquely, sexually speaking. Um, For example, by 
adopting, sexually speaking, a sexual rights life position, for example. I molest you, force you to have my baby, you got the abortion, so I'm going to have you beat or killed or harassed or intruded or a victim of robbery. These things happen to a lot of people. They are sec- they are always sexually alert for sexual opportunities to sexually punish those, including relatives incestually speaking. They are the type that desire necrophilia and bestiality. They torture animals, humans, even the dead corpse even so for example you can have a a sexual authoritarian personality a person who is sexually I'm sorry a, a sexual deviant a sexual pervert can be sexually angry all the time and they sexually explode and sexually strike out with sexual verbal abuse Um, sexual physical abuse, sexual emotional abuse, sexual social abuse, sexual career abuse, sexual conflict abuse, uh, sexual spiritual abuse, sexual interpersonal abuse, at the sexual drop of a sexual hat. So... Some people sexually remember the searing sexual pain and sexual crying and being sexually beaten for sexually crying while their children running to those they don't even know as their rapists. That sexually sums up the compound sexual trauma of many people's childhoods. Sexual incidents that sexually encapsulates their sexual experiences involuntarily speaking occurs even as adults when they felt like they were sexually shredded and you know felt like they were being sexually diced into smithereens by the sexual assailants. Even men experience these things. I'll make people feel like, I'll make men feel like even, that they're subhuman brutes because of what subhuman brutes, sexually speaking, actually did to them. And you will not be heard, seen, and affirmed in houses of worship, even secular establishments. Because our world, and even religion, tends to say nothing and do nothing about justice for men and boys 
who've been anally raped and orally raped. And men who are forced to suffer vaginal rape by women assailants. Women sexual assailants. And then you have those who Uh, They are of sexual violence, sexual aggression, and sexually assaultive behavior. Sexual authoritarians are regularly sexually assaulted and sexually violent and even more sexually often, sometimes sexually constantly, in a sexual state of barely sexually suppressed, sexually repressed near violence. So, there are times where... um, Sexual torment and sexual torture can nearly kill the sexual torture victims and the sexual torment victims to the point where prison or self-defense or the cap or capital punishment or social workers, or the state and the city have to remove the sexual assailants from the home and put them away from our global society. Sometimes assailants become pregnant with their children that they know in their heart that they will sexually assail later. And there are some people in the family who can definitely be able to hand over the children to the good relatives who care. And they may experience, should I say, endure, um... Rape culture, sexual victim blaming, sexual victim shaming, sexual victim gaming, prude shaming, consent shaming, consent shaming, BDSM shaming, body shaming, sex shaming, slut shaming, and sex negativity. And they make the person feel like they'll never amount to anything sexually. And sometimes sexual assailants get jealous of their sexual assailant victims for having life partners. So they use sexual brute strength to punish their victims. For, da- for daring to have 
another human being more important than them. And then you have sexual threats and sexual scare tactics. Sexual authoritarians sexually want their sexual victim to sexually fear them. Some people are married to sexually authoritarian forces. They always felt sexually afraid of them in little sexual ways and big sexual ways. For example, talking to another woman, another man, even talking to a non-binary person can cause lust murder threats. Date rape threats. Drug facilitated sexual assault threats. And that if they don't do the sexual acts and sexual positions that they arrogantly demand sexually speaking. And that can happen on numerous sexually traumatizing occasions. Some people within that dynamic sexually fight constantly. And they and the sexual assailant feel like, feel like they always sexually win because they are sexually willing to go for the sexual juggler that's actually hurt the sexual assailants even further. The sexual self-esteem of the assailants becomes sexually diminished, meaning that the assailants' victims. Assailant victims feel sexually ashamed for being sexually bullied by them and sexually ashamed of themselves for not sexually leaving them. Um, And there's number five. Sexually quixotic, unclear rules. Sexual authoritarians who may or may not have any personal sexual interest in sexually abiding by sexual rules love sexual rules for other people. The more sexually quixotic and sexually unclear the sexual rules, the sexual better since sexually quixotic, unclear rules are the least sexual possible to sexually follow. Such sexual rules are are inevitably sexually broken. Opening the sexual door to sexual punishment for the sexual rule breaker. For a sexual authoritarian, the sexual rules are there to be sexually broken so that sexual punishment can sexually follow. This sexual dynamic helps helps to sexually explain 
why sexual authoritarian is so often sexually irritated to the sexual point of sexual violence when a sexual rule is sexually followed since they are sexually hoping for a sexual violation and a sexual opportunity for sexual punishment. Likewise, this actually helps explain why you can never get the sexual praise you're sexually hoping to sexually receive for sexually following the sexual authoritarian's rules. Sexually following them doesn't sexually please them. It sexually upsets them. And then you have sexual paranoia in sexual enemies' list. So sexual authoritarians, in part to sexually explain to themselves, sexually speaking, their bottomless sexual reservoir of sexual hate, act as if they're being continually sexually threatened and sexually endangered. They see sexual enemies everywhere, including often especially in former sexual friends and former lovers, whether they were friends or not. Some of them who are sexually assailants keep an actual sexual enemies list. It could be written. It could be typed. It could be memorized. It could be recited even. So you can have a sexually tight, sexually rigid personality with the sexual fury and the sexual ways they never sexually fit in anywhere is how the sexual is how the sexual assailant sexually perceive. Sexual assailants can be sexually uncomfortable, sexually awkward, and sexually off-putting that sexually naturally many people don't want anything to do with them sexually they give a sexual wiper they gave them a a white sexual birth b-e-r-t-h and so they get added to the sexual enemies list they spend most of their sexual time plotting their sexual vengeance on them. Sexual truth held a sexual enemy. Sexual authoritarians have no sexual regard for the sexual truth. If your sexual agenda is to sexually punish others because you're filled with sexual despise and sexual indignation, The sexual truth of any particular sexual matter is a mere sexual inconvenience. Many sexual assailants baldly sexually lie about everything sexual speaking from the number of people they have had sex with um a sexual number that always sexually inflate to their sexual awesomeness meaning their erotic sensual pr- 
prowess. Another number, sexually speaking, always sexually inflate. For sexual assailant victims and sexual assailant survivors, it can take decades even to sexually understand that every sexual lie came from the sexual same place. The sexual place of the sexual assailants making themselves look sexually better and others look sexually worse. Because they may even say, well, if somebody said I was sexually lousy, well, they're projecting. I was always the sexually phenomenal one. They were always the sexually lousy one. Then it says, then they sexually pat themselves on the back and feel sexual smugness and the sexual superiority complex because they enjoy making the people sexually criticize them to be of the sexual inferiority complex. And then you have sexual shaming efforts, sexual derision, and sexual ridicule. The sexual hatred and punishment of authoritarian gender produces sexual sexual tyrant who takes sexual pleasure in sexual cruelty and who regularly sexually shames, sexually derides, and sexually ridicules their current sexual targets. To sexual control is not sexually enough. To sexually win is not sexually enough. To sexually dominate is not sexually enough. None of that is sexually experienced as sexually enough. The sexual authoritarian wants you sexually harmed and sexually defeated. Sexually diminished even. Since nothing sexually speaking feels quite as sexually awful as sexual shame. It is sexual shame, especially that the sexual authoritarian wants you to sexually feel. Uh, Many sexual assailants always look at their sexual assailant victims as if they have no clothes on. They always make their sexual assailant victims feel physically naked and spiritually naked with them. And the sexual assailant victims are like, we don't know how they're doing that exactly to us. We just know it's happening. And there's groping and grooming involved, sexually speaking. In fact, they cause sexual confusion, sexual befuddlement, sexual bewilderment, and sexual unclearness in their sexual assailant victims. 
what they sexually do is all is usually sexually worse, and the sexual assailant victims always feel sexually ashamed in the sexual presence of the sexual assailants. Then there's sexual rigidity and sexual obsession with sexual control. The sexual authoritarians need to sexually control. Is sexually regularly the first sexual attribute to which sexual respondents who are sexual assailant victims point. In a sexually characteristic response. This is how many sexual assailants feel about this is how many sexual assailant victims feel about their sexual assailant victimizers. So again, the sexual assailant's victims are the sexual respondents. Due to sexual coercion. In a sexually characteristic response of the involuntary nature, sexually speaking, this is how many sexual assailant victims are made to feel by the sexual assailants, victimizers. When they sexually spoke about their sexual relationship expectations, in quotations, They were sexually presented as sexual rules, sexual givens, and sexual truths that sexually ought to be sexually obvious to sexually anyone. These sexually included what I sexually could and sexually couldn't say to Friends and family, for example, I was not sexually allowed to express sexual concerns about the sexual relationship because that equaled sexual disloyalty in order to sexually monitor my sexual compliance. They bug your technology to see who, if you're sexually communicating with anybody else, they'll even put their version of sexual spyware on your, on your laptops, your computers, your phones. Even sexual alarms. In and out of the home. When they, quote-unquote, sexually caught you, via the sexually bugged phone in this case, asking a relative or a friend for sexual advice about one of their sexual behaviors, they'll sexually respond by... Throwing all of your attire onto the sec- onto the sidewalk in front of the home by throwing them out of the window 
and sexually insisting that I choose right there in the sexual spot a sexual destination for yourself and all of your shit sexually speaking um that's the number 10 for this Sexual intrusiveness. When you sexually combine a sexual need to sexually control the sexual desire, to sexually shame and sexually humiliate, you land on another sexual authoritarian trait, sexual intrusiveness. Sexual authoritarians are sexually regulated into your personal sexual business, especially your sexual history business in terms of have you ever seen porn? Have you ever masturbated to porn? Have you ever, you know, sexual fantasies, who your romantic crushes are? How many people have you had sex with? They even want to know if you do anything sexual in the bathroom type of business in sexually terrible and sexually unacceptable ways. For example, if you're a sexual assailant, you may relate to this. Um, some people... The sexual abuse inflicted on them by their sexual assailant it, um, can be more sexual physical than sexual verbal, or sexual verbal than more sexual physical, or sexual verbal but not sexual physical, or sexual physical but not sexual verbal, or a combination of sexual verbal abuse and sexual physical abuse. They have this, it's none of your sexual business who else I'm sexually involved with, or you don't own anything sexually, but I do. And I even sexually own you. I can do whatever I sexually want, but you can't. And they have this whole do as you're sexually told mindset. Um, They may sexually barge in on you if they feel like you're away from them for too long, sexually speaking, or they may bang on the door and get a sexual orgasmic high off of that. And they come in sexually yelling, you and them may have your face all purple because of the sexual sickness, it could be a way of sexual life for them against you. So, the sexual authoritarian in your life may may not have sex manifested every single one of these sexual qualities, but for many people they have. Sexual authoritarians do not look exactly sexually alike or act exactly sexually alike. Many sexual authoritarians are quite sexually undramatic or sexually relatively non-authoritarian most of the time when they're not in your presence. But many sexual, many sexual authoritarians are quite sexually dramatic and relatively sexually authoritarian much of the sexual time. But they sexually share enough of these sexual features that they are sexually recognizable sexual authoritarians. Do these first sexual 10 of the terrible sexual dirty traits and sexual behaviors um, 
that is being sexually describing remind you of someone in your life. And I hope it doesn't, but I don't want to sexually hurt you. They sexually do get sexually count on in that, like, many sexual respondents, you two will have a sexual wound sexually healed. I just gave you 10 of the 30, but the 10 is enough. Um, many people, monsters, who are sexual totalitarians, these metaphors are how they sexually think. I'm talking about sexual monsters. In the mind, in the sexual minds of sexual monsters, sexual dissent is equated to sexual violence. Sexual media is sexually controlled. A sexual legal system is sexually co-opted by the sexual state. Sexual power is sexually exerted to quash sexual dissent. Sexual state police sexually protect the sexual regime, not the sexual people. Rights sexually financial, sexually legal, sexually civil, or sexually contingent on sexual compliance. Sexual mass conformity of sexual beliefs and sexual behaviors are sexually demanded. Sexual power sexually concentrated in an, an inner sexual ring of sexually elite institutions and sexual people. Sexual semi-organized violence is sexually permitted in some sexual cases. Sexual propaganda targets sexual enemies of the sexual state regime. Sexual entire classes sexually singled out for sexual persecution. Sexual extra legal actions are sexually condoned against sexually internal regime opponents. Sexually harsh legal enforcement against sexually unfavored classes. Sexually private and sexually public levers of sexual power are sexually used to sexually enforce sexual adherence to sexually state dogmas. So that's sexual total- totalitarianism. And then you have uh, sexual dictatorship. So sexual dictators fosters sexual cults of sexual personality, a sexual form of sexual hero worship in which the sexual masses are fed sexual propaganda, declaring their sexual leader to be sexually flawless and sexually divine. Under a sexual dictatorship, sexual protesters of bad sexual governance are sexually punished harshly. Uh, sexual political power sexually concentrated in the sexual hands of few sexual people or just one sexual person. Media sexual freedom is, system- is, st- is systematically sexually obliterated, leaving sexual newspapers, sexual radio, and sexual television as sexual tools for sexual indoctrination, even sexual dogma. Sexual dogmatism. Sexual intimidation. Sexual murder, sexual imprisonment, sexual state-sponsored violence, and other sexual human rights abuses are sexually used to sexually control the sexual population. The sexual right to private sexual property is easily sexually abolished. They sexually weaken sexual institutions of sexual governance and sexually compromise sexual law enforcement agencies to sexually protect individuals in the sexual rules of sexual inner circle. 
sexual dictators usually have a larger number of sexual security personnel, which is sexually disproportionate to sexual countries, sexual status. I'm explaining the mindsets of sex crime committing criminals. Um, sexual citizens are not sexually allowed to sexually check the sexual rulers' power. Uh, sexual peeps and sexual quints are sexually condemned and sexually regarded as sexually sponsored sentiments of sexual regime change. Sexual dictators use sexually secret intelligence services to sexually spy on the sexual citizens and monitor private sexual communication. Sexual civilian or sexually not, sexual military is usually a top sexual focus for sexual dictators and they often sexually prioritize Sexual defense spending over sexual social services. Sexual dictators never sexually appoint ambitious sexual subordinates as sexual second in sexual command. They prefer sexual figurehead deputies. <coughs> they sexually accumulate unexplained sexual wealth and sexually invest heavily on their sexual hold to sexual power. Sometimes, sexually speaking, sexual dictators do allow sexual elections, but they sexually remain in sexual control of the sexual outcome by sexually allowing people to sexually participate in a sexually controlled manner. Um, sexual dictatorships sometimes come to a sexual end just as sexually chaotically as they sexually began. Um, so you have sexual autocratic rulers and a lot of what happens to them can become sexual public knowledge in terms of what sexually happened to the sexual dictators and sexual dictatorships sexual end so that's sexual dictatorship then you have those who are what I call sexually Orwellian sexual Orwellian is a sexual adjective describing a sexual situation sexual idea, sexual societal condition that I identified as being that I sexually identified as being sexually destructive to the sexual welfare of a free and of a free and sexually open society sexually free and sexually open society, sexual welfare it sexually denotes a sexual attitude and a sexual brutal policy of sexual draconian control by sexual propaganda, sexual surveillance, sexual misinformation, sexual disinformation, denial of sexual truth. So you got sexual double think and sexual manipulation of the sexual past, including the sexual unperson, a sexual person whose past sexual atrocity is sexually idealized in a sexual public record and sexual memory. Sexually practiced by sexual modern repressive governments. Um, then you have political sexual double speak. So that means this is more the mindset of sex criminals. So sex criminals subconsciously and consciously sexually think about sexual police corruption, sexual alien horror sexual dystopian horror, sexual mob speak, um, sexual uh, ritual abuse, um, sexual double speak, sexual double speak awards, um, sexual extrajudicial punishment, sexual mass surveillance, 
national international sexual security, one sexual partyism, permanent sexual war economy, and sexual call-out culture, and sexual cancel culture. So these are the things that are are in the minds, sexually speaking, of these sexual villains, sexual antagonists. And lastly, you have sexual fascism. Sexually powerful and sexually continuing sexual nationalism. So these are all metaphors I'm using to describe the mindset of sex criminals. So you have sexual fascist regimes. They sexually tend to make sexual constant use of sexual patriarchy patriotic models, sexual slogans, sexual symbols, sexual songs, or the sexual paraphernalia. Metaphorically, it's it's like sexual flags are seen everywhere as are sexual flag symbols of sexual clothing in public sexual displays. Then you have sexual disdain for the sexual recognition of sexual human rights. Because of sexual fear of sexual enemies and the sexual need for sexual security, the sexual people and sexual fascist regimes are sexually persuaded that sexual human rights can be sexually ignored in certain sexual cases because of sexual need in quotations the sexual people tend to sexually look the other sexual way or even sexually approved sexual torture sexual summary executions sexual assassinations sexually long incarcerations of prisoners etc do you have number three Sexual identification of enemies slash sexual scapegoats as a unifying sexual cause. The sexual people are sexually rallied into a sexually unifying patriotic frenzy over the sexual need to sexually eliminate a perceived sexual common threat or sexual foe. Um, sexually racial, sexually ethnic, or sexually religious minorities, sexual liberals, sexual communists, sexual socialists, sexual terrorists, etc. They have these are metaphors I'm using to describe um, sexual autocrats. They have sexual supremacy of the sexual military. Um, even their widespread sexual domestic problems, the sexual military is giving a sexually disproportionate amount of government sexual funding and a sexual domestic agenda sexually neglected. Sexual soldiers, sexual military service are sexually glamorized. Rampant sexualized sexism. The sexual governments of sexually fascist nations tend to be almost exclusively, sexually speaking, male-dominated under sexually fascist regimes. Sexualizing traditional gender roles are made more sexually rigid. Opposition to abortion for others but private support for abortion for themselves is high, as in sexualizing queerphobia and sexualizing anti-queer legislation and national sexual policy. And it's the it's the it's the same as hide your queerness like we do, and we'll actually have respect for you for doing so.
they have controlled sexual mass media. Sometimes the sexual media is directly sexually controlled by the sexual government. But in other sexual cases, sexual media is indirectly sexually controlled by government sexual regulation or sympathetic sexual media spokespeople and sexual executives. Sexual censorship, especially in sexual wartime, is very sexually common. And number seven, sexual obsession with national sexual security and international sexual security. Sexual fear is used as a sexual motivational tool by the sexual government over sexual masses. Number eight, sexualizing religion and sexualizing government are sexually intertwined. So sexual governments and sexually fascist nations um, tend to use the most common sexualizing religion in the sexual nation as a sexual tool to manipulate public sexual opinion. So sexualizing religious rhetoric and sexualizing religious terminology is sexually common from government from sexual government leaders, even when the sexual major tendency to sexualize religion are sexually diametrically opposed to the sexual governments and sexual policies or sexual actions. Then number nine, you have um, sexual corporate power is sexually protected. The sexual industrial and sexual business aristocracy of a sexually fascist nation, often the sexual ones who put the sexual government leaders into sexual power creating a mutually sexually beneficial business slash sexually government relationship and sexual power elite. We have number 10, sexual labor power sexually suppressed because organizing sexual power, sexual labor is only a sexually real threat to a sexually fascist government. Sexual labor unions either sexually limited entirely or are sexually severely suppressed. Sexual disdain for sexual intellectuals and the sexual arts. Sexual fascist nations tend to sexually prone, sexually tolerate open sexual hostility to higher sexual education and sexual academia. It's not sexually uncommon for sexual professors and other sexual academics to be sexually censored or even sexually arrested. Free sexual expression and sexual arts openly sexually attacked in sexual governments often sexually refuse to fund the sexual arts. 12. Sexual obsession with sexual crime and sexual punishment. Under sexually fascist regimes, the sexual police are given almost limitless sexual power to enforce sexual laws. The sexual people are often willing to overlook police sexual abuses and even forego sexual liberties in the name of sexual patriotism. There's often a sexual national police force with virtually unlimited sexual power in sexual fascist nations. 13. Rampant sexual cronyism and sexual corruption. Sexual fascist regimes almost always are sexually governed by groups of sexual friends and sexual, sexual associates who sexually appoint each other to sexual government positions and use governmental sexual power, sexual governmental power, and sexual authority to sexually protect their sexual friends from sexual accountability, sexual responsibility, and sexual justice. It is not sexually uncommon in sexually fascist regimes for national and international sexual resources and even sexual treasures to be sexually appropriated or even outright sexually stolen by sexual government leaders. Number 14, 
sexually fraudulent elections, sometimes sexual elections in sexually fascist nations are a complete sexual sham. Other sexual times, sexual elections are sexually manipulated by sexual smear campaigns against or even sexual assassination of sexual opposition candidates. Use of sexual legislation, sexual control, sexual voting numbers, and political sexual district boundaries, and sexual manipulation of sexual media. Sexual fascist nations also typically sexually use their sexual judiciaries to sexually manipulate or sexually control elections. So that's all the metaphors that you describe sexual fascism. And then I'll conclude with this. Um, There are... Most people are verbally sexually harmful, verbally sexually injurious, verbally sexually detrimental, verbally sexually hurtful, verbally sexually noxious, verbally sexually evil, verbally sexually mischievous, verbally sexually ruinous, verbally sexually adverse, verbally sexually sinister, verbally sexually subversive, Verbally sexually incendiary, verbally sexually virulent, verbally sexually cataclysmic, verbally sexually corroding, verbally sexually toxic, verbally sexually baleful, verbally sexually painful, verbally sexually wounding, verbally sexually crippling, verbally sexually bad, verbally sexually malicious, verbally sexually malignant, verbally sexually sinful, verbally sexually pernicious, verbally sexually unwholesome. Verbally sexually corrupting, verbally sexually menacing, verbally sexually dire, verbally sexually prejudicial, verbally sexually damaging, verbally sexually corrupt, verbally sexually vicious, verbally sexually insidious, verbally sexually treacherous, verbally sexually catastrophic, verbally sexually disastrous, verbally sexually wild in all the bad ways, verbally sexually murderous, verbally sexually destructive, verbally sexually unhealthy, verbally sexually killing. Verbally sexually fatal, verbally sexually mortal, verbally sexually serious in all the bad ways, verbally sexually dangerous, verbally sexually fraught with evil, verbally doing sexual harm, verbally doing sexual evil, verbally sexually sore, verbally sexually distressing, verbally sexually diabolic, verbally sexually brutal, verbally sexually unhealthful, verbally sexually satanic, verbally sexually grievous, verbally sexually lethal. Verbally sexually venomous, verbally sexually cruel, verbally sexually unfortunate, verbally sexually disadvantageous, verbally sexually felonious, verbally sexually objectionable, verbally sexually fiendish, verbally sexually unlucky, verbally sexually maligned, verbally sexually devilish, verbally sexually corrosive. Most people are non-verbally sexually harmful, non-verbally sexually injurious, non-verbally sexually detrimental, non-verbally sexually hurtful, non-verbally sexually noxious, non-verbally sexually evil, non-verbally sexually mischievous, non-verbally sexually ruinous, Non-verbally sexually adverse, non-verbally sexually sinister, 
non-verbally sexually subversive, non-verbally sexually incendiary, non-verbally sexually virulent, non-verbally sexually cataclysmic, non-verbally sexually corroding, non-verbally sexually toxic, non-verbally sexually baleful, non-verbally sexually painful, non-verbally sexually wounding, non-verbally sexually crippling, non-verbally sexually bad, non-verbally sexually malicious, non-verbally sexually malignant, non-verbally sexually sinful, non-verbally sexually pernicious, non-verbally sexually unwholesome, non-verbally sexually corrupting, non-verbally sexually menacing, non-verbally sexually dire, non-verbally sexually vicious, non-verbally sexually prejudicial, non-verbally sexually damaging, non-verbally sexually corrupt, non-verbally sexually insidious, non-verbally sexually treacherous, non-verbally sexually catastrophic, non-verbally sexually disastrous, non-verbally sexually wild in all the bad ways, non-verbally sexually murderous, non-verbally sexually destructive, non-verbally sexually unhealthy, non-verbally sexually killing, non-verbally sexually fatal, non-verbally sexually mortal, non-verbally sexually serious in all the bad ways, non-verbally sexually dangerous, non-verbally sexually fraught with evil, non-verbally sexually doing harm, non-verbally sexually doing evil, non-verbally sexually sore, non-verbally sexually distressing, non-verbally sexually diabolic, non-verbally sexually brutal, non-verbally sexually unhealthy, unhealthy, non-verbally sexually unhealthful, non-verbally sexually satanic, non-verbally sexually grievous, non-verbally sexually lethal, non-verbally sexually venomous, non-verbally sexually cruel, non-verbally sexually unfortunate, non-verbally sexually disadvantageous, non-verbally sexually felonious, non-verbally sexually objectionable, non-verbally sexually fiendish, non-verbally sexually unlucky, non-verbally sexually cursed, um, non-verbally sexually malign, non-verbally sexually devilish, non-verbally sexually corrosive, and most people are verbally sexually cursed. I just wanted to say that. Need to say that, too. Um, I had to say that because most people's sexual commands, sexual questions, sexual comments sexual compliments and making you do whatever they want you to do sexually tend to be abusive, traumatic, victimizing, insulting, rudeness, ad hominems, and smear campaigns and character assassination. Um, And I've learned that For example, most people's eye contact, facial expressions, gestures, postures, use of objects, uh, body language, social cues, kinesics, distance, physical environments, physical appearance, of voice and of touch are uh, sexually chaotic and and sexually calamitous.
I learned that most people's sexual demands are sexually monstrosities and I've learned that most people's phrases slang tone of voice word choices Language, linguistics, terminologies, small talk, and full length conversations are sexually cutthroat and sexually dishevelment as well. I have to say that most people's holding hands, hugging, kissing, cuddling, caressing, massaging, tickling, Kissing on their cheeks, touching heads. Washing each other. Feeling each other. Penetrating each other. Foreplay and non-penetrative sex. As well as being inside each other's personal spaces or just sexually... It's sexually brutal, sexually, are forms of sexual crudity, um, sexual roughness, and sexual tyranny, too. Um... So I've had to understand that within my childhood, I witnessed sexual fascism, sexual totalitarianism, sexual authoritarianism, 
sexual dictatorships and people being sexually Orwellian and and a lot of the mainstream porn I saw for years. Even mainstream pornography has many companies that glorify sexual fascism, sexual totalitarianism, sexual authoritarianism, sexual dictatorships, um, people being sexually Orwellian, and sexual fascism. So the biggest worlds where I saw sexual fascism, sexual totalitarianism, sexual authoritarianism, sexual dictatorships, and people um, being sexually Orwellian was organized crime and mainstream pornography. Not all organized crime worlds are these ways sexually, and not all mainstream porn worlds are all these ways sexually either. Most people's touch, taste, hearing, sight, smell, hearts, bodies, minds, souls, and memories are filled and overflowing full of sexual pollution, erotic contamination, and sensual uncleanness. None of these are about religion because there's no religious connotation or religious denotations and no religious meanings to what I'm saying. And yes, I do understand that Most people in the world are not sexual fascists, are not sexual authoritarians, are not sexual totalitarians, are not sexual Orwellians, and are not of sexual dictatorships. I'm talking about we live in a world where Where most people are are sexually immature, um, sexually underdeveloped, sexually undeveloped, um, sexually uninformed. Sexually uneducated, sexually undereducated. Sexually miseducated. Sexually naive. You know, suffering from sexual naivete. Um...
and they are just sexually clueless. Sexually oblivious, sexually unaware, sexually unmindful, sexually insensible, sexually ignorant, sexually unobservant, sexually indifferent, um, sexual careless living, sexual moral laxness, Sexually unfeeling, sexually inconsiderate, um, sexually unconcerned, sexually uncaring, sexually compassionless, um, sexually lacking compassion, um, sexually stony hearted, sexually hard hearted, sexually with a heart of stone, sexless, hard as nails, no pun intended, sexually heartless. And lastly, when it comes to sex, they are showing or feeling no concern for others' feelings because they're sexually unsympathetic, sexually unkind, sexually callous, sexually hard, sexually harsh, sexually merciless, sexually pitiless, sexually unpitying, sexually uncharitable because they are sexually inhuman. They're sexually inhumane.